Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Wash Snobs. You have made it to episode 159, right? Or did I fuck it up? You're right, man. 159. Hello. This is a very, very fun episode. Michael, but first, how are you doing? How is you doing? How how are you doing? How are I'm doing great. It's a long weekend, man. You have Monday off? I do have Monday off. We found out we had Monday off at the end of Friday. It's like, oh, well, okay, that would have been nice to have known. At least a couple days ago, so I could have planned something, but now I'm just now. Do you know what I'm doing on my day off, most likely? What? Chores? TBWS stuff. Yeah. (laughs) It's a whole bunch of TBWS work, which is on theme. For once, I'm on theme with my tangent for this week's episode. This is actually a really, really cool episode. Michael and I were trying to figure out a way of doing something like this for episode 159 in a way that no one else would really do or that honestly a lot of other watch journalism outlets or watch podcasts wouldn't really talk about. Um, So Michael and I have decided to dedicate episode 159 to a very candid discussion. So Two Broke Watch Snobs, episode 159, A Day in the Life of a Broke Watch Snob. So basically, this is Michael and I talking about our kind of grisly, underbelly, behind-the-scenes look and struggles with anything to do with running Two Broke Watch Snobs. And that's, you know, editorial stuff, so uh, getting stuff on the twobrokewatchnobs.com website. Uh, um, you know, working with a lot of our uh, incredible um, TBWS contributors, watch photography struggles, social mm-hmm. media struggles, the difficulties and reality of doing this two book watch snobs thing while really also like other, other, basically we have two full-time jobs, but only one of them <laughs> like actually like pays us, if that makes sense. Any money we make on TBWS isn't revenue, it immediately just goes back into TBWS, paying the contributors, overhead, that type of stuff. And so Michael, I thought it'd be a lot of fun to just kind of highlight highlight those key facets of two book watch snobs and just tell you what it's really what it's really like. Yeah, we're we're coming up on a four year internship. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my own boss and my own intern. And we've We've compartmentalized some of these topics before, like the photography discussions, and I think we even did writing. Um, we did way back, and people were surprisingly really interested in that stuff. Um, and, and again, I, I don't think I don't think other websites will openly talk about this or, or what it takes. And maybe this maybe this will help people understand, um, you know, why why it might take us a while to get back to you sometimes. Well. Uh, well, we can't like immediately tell you what the lug width is on something <laughs> that you found online. Um, I found yeah. a Victorinox Enox E73554, but I can't find any real photos of it. Do you guys know what the lug to lug width would be in the tropics on a seven inch wrist? Listen, man, I don't even know what I'm gonna have for breakfast tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> I don't even know how to fucking start telling you about a watch I've never heard of or seen in a part of the world that I can't even remotely fathom what it's like in. Yeah, but at I'll least, try. <laughs> and the last time, the last time we talked about this kind of stuff, I don't think we really had a group of um, a group of folks actually uh, actively contributing to the site um, as a community. I think it really it really set off after after meeting some folks down in San Francisco, getting yeah. together. I love you know quite a few of those guys are. Are, you know oh yeah that's a good point along this time so yeah, it's kind of cool that, that i was didn't sort even of a I, turning point 
I didn't even put that together. Yeah, that's that's a yeah. good point. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, it's gonna be super super cool. But first, we have to honor tradition. Do we? But first. But first. Yeah. I do, do we remember the was the first audio risk check the first episode because I feel like the first episode TBWS episode number one affordable uh, vintage, vintage watches. watches. I, did we do an official wrist check, or did we just be like, "Hey, hey, I'm, I'm Kaz. Hey, hey I'm, I'm, I'm Mike." And we're I think it was just like a very creepy. The, what are you wearing? <laughs> it must, it must, it must have been, man. We were so scared that first episode. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh my god! I, it was the same. It was the same sort of like guttural butterflies that I felt going to my first like Pokemon card game tournament. Like this, this, this really just like caustic mixture of anxiety but excitement and also fear and like pre-morning disappointment that this is just gonna go fucking terrible that was um that was exactly what i felt uh episode one i think you did the cards i did the tournaments where you go with your game boy and the link cable remember oh, the link yeah. cable oh i remember the link cable <laughs> now kids before wi-fi and bluetooth was a thing we had fucking cords and cables <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> we I have to you never know there could be like a 13 year old child listening to like what the fuck's a cable? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's it's like if it's like if you and I are talking and be like, oh yeah, I had to play those old games on floppy disks. A 12 year old be like, what the fuck is a floppy disk? Yeah, is, that, is that is that like a sex thing? Is it like a sex thing with the floppy disk? Is that what Andy. the kids are calling it now? You have to explain some things. I, I, I you know, this, I, I, I was having this thought process in my head. When I say thought process, I mean full-on conversation by myself in my head the other night, trying to figure out what my generation's A-track is going to be. Like, what is the device that I'll have to explain to, like, my kids, and I'll get inadvertently nostalgic about, it, and they'll just be like, what the fuck is dad's malfunction? Like... You know what I mean? It's not laser discs. I was not quite old enough to really develop an attachment for laser disc, but I think the closest thing is probably um, Nintendo and SNES cartridges, and to an extent Sega Genesis cartridges, where you had to blow into the game to magically somehow get it fucking working. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The game <clears throat> cartridge might be my generation's um a track which well, i guess to an extent an a track is a form of a cartridge so they're not entirely different but but yeah i think that for me you know we're getting really fucking distracted we were supposed to do a wrist check do you want to do a wrist check with me you want to talk about watches we can do a wrist check yeah you can do a wrist check you should probably talk because i've been talking about it for fucking way too long but god knows what i have thoughts about that but yeah we can talk about that another time <laughs> There's two broke nostalgia snobs talking about things you don't really give a shit about, but goddammit you love hearing about on your drive to work so you don't fucking plow your car into a school bus full of nuns. I don't know why the nuns are on a school bus, but it's just... I think the joke is supposed to be a bus full of nuns or a school bus of children, and my brain just put them together and it's a school bus full of nuns. School bus full of nuns? Yeah. This 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 is a terrible show. It's a good show. It's a good show. It's, it's been worse. <laughs> We're only eight minutes in. It's fine. Here, I'm actually curious because we didn't talk about this before. I'm curious what 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 are you wearing? Well, I um I felt kind of bad about the last time I wore this watch uh, on this bracelet because I first of all installed it wrong. Uh, I didn't really have like a lot of time spent with it. Okay. So I'm wearing the Speedmaster on the Forstner band. Very cool. And um. 
yeah i i i have installed it properly um took a put a photo up on on the feed i think i had it next to the doxa um it's a fun photo and this is kind of a combo that has revived the uh, speedmaster for me uh just makes the watch easier to wear and really really helps you realize how offensive the stock bracelet is to the just like classic speedmaster shape yeah. um forstner did a really really good job and i think if you compare the alternatives of buying um like an original off ebay for like 500 bucks and then breaking it <laughs> or you know going for one of the alternatives from omega directly which can be around 600 bucks I, I kind of see Forstner stepping in uh, much in the same way that Uncle Seiko did mm. uh, when putting together the new um, Z199 bracelets. Would you um, post the photo online? Was it pre-fixing the bracelet, like like direction? Post-fixing. Post-fixing. Post, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Because I remember funny... we were talking about that on air. You were just like, I don't want someone call me out. You know, like Nelson yeah. Muntz is radioactive, <laughs> man, idiots. Like, I should be able to hear that. <laughs> yeah, so you 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 turned it back the right way, so that's cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I got it on the right way. I have the clasp uh, over at six o'clock because I have uh, wrists like a fairy. I have to. I have you to. You both, the... man, we're wrist fairy brothers. <laughs> I have to keep the clasp um, pretty close to the six o'clock lugs. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a regular version of this and a short version as well. Maybe the short version would have been better for me, but I don't know. I still like it. Yeah. Um, have you tried that bracelet on anything else? I haven't. I've I've on the so on the Forstner Instagram, you see people putting it on like a ton of different stuff. Like, I, I they have a shot where it's on a like a six digit sub, and mm. it looks kind of it looks kind of funky. I was thinking your Doxa. Yeah, I've seen I've seen people put it on on like like quirky dive watches like that as well um i don't know man i really like the i really like the new doxa uh bracelets people don't like them um but i don't know i'll keep this on the speedmaster for now it's kind of like the only the only reason i wanted it that's cool um and then if you're kind of wondering about the the speedmaster itself it's just um like your basic hesalite model no see-through case back like you get with the sapphire um starting to get scratched up again i gotta find my poly watch and if you i guess i guess the most relevant recent watch is that you know 321 stainless steel reissue that just came out for like fourteen thousand dollars um some people have asked me if i was like considering that (laughs) it's like funny enough Um, michael are you are you considering spending fourteen thousand dollars on a on a steel speedmaster 321 caliber I am not. Let's put uh, the rumors. Let's put the rumors to bed right now. Michael is not. Uh, right. It's completely not on my radar. Uh, <laughs> I feel perfectly fine with my freshly serviced um, 1861 Speedmaster. Let's force let's band. Let's play a game. What would you rather spend fourteen thousand dollars on? Man, fourteen thousand. That's kind of like a fun show category like if we get price ranges and we pick the watches i don't know if we can do that we can we can we can burn that bridge for omega that's never going to be crossed in the first place we can we can have an episode <laughs> literally called what would you rather spend your fourteen thousand dollars on hashtag in, omega you're out of your mind 
<laughs> oh man, fourteen thousand dollars. I Jeez. find the best bridge is a burned bridge. I kind you know of. What I mean? I, I'd have to think about that. Future episode topic. That could in be the fun. past. In the past, I would have said like, uh, like something out of the Royal Oak Line or the offshores, mm-hmm. but uh, they're you know because you can't find them, they're also starting to go up in in price secondary market. So it's kind of kind of mm. tough. I don't know. Maybe one of those like insane Grand Seikos with like a lion's Ooh. mane on the dial. I don't know if that one's like <laughs> that one's probably more expensive. They clubbed a real lion to death. All right. <laughs> And they fucking, they somehow used its hair as like the carbon fuel for the forging of the metal on that case. And then, you know, that's why they call it. That's, that's the story behind why. The, that's not, that's not true at all. Please don't send me your cease and desist letters, Grand Seiko, or, or angry Seiko nerds. Um, yeah. I am assuming no lions were clubbed, mauled, stomped, yelled, or cried to death in the process of making any Grand Seiko watches. Yeah, it's a fair assumption. Yeah, I don't think, um, yeah, it just shows you how much I, how often I, like casually shop in that range i I can't tell you off the top of my head but (laughs) definitely loving my um my speedmaster it's been like uh i want to say like three years almost it's been been about three three years years. yeah um yeah dude it's hopefully hopefully this combo will just make it a little bit more attractive it's it's also like just way lighter having it on something like this and um like the underside of the bracelet where you just see the the sort of mesh itself um it's it's got this like really cool grandpa vibe i don't know okay i kind of dig it um and it just reminds me of stuff like i'd see maybe my dad wearing or or his dad wearing in the past so good job forstner and uh great job omega on this 1861 speedmaster that i still find more attractive than that 321 right now <laughs> i'm really excited about this future episode topic what would you rather spend fourteen thousand dollars on yeah I'd, I, I like i said i'd have to think about it let's um, yeah let's think about it let's think about it that's a fun one yeah how about how about you i think you've been rocking orients like every episode for like yeah I, and I'm, I'm doing it again this fucking episode i'm sure it's getting like really tiring for i some wonder people. what's happening i i i wonder like i'm trying to like ponder the psychology behind this like this new obsession that's starting to form um i think it's happening in congruence with so just just to just to honor the actual fucking wrist check i'm wearing my new orient star diver um this really cool open heart sort of sort of like it it, is oh yeah open heart um it's part of the new orient star diver line it's got one of these new f6 i believe it's the f6 caliber f6 or f7 one of the fucking new ones in here uh, hacks, manual lines, all that fun shit. Power reserve, which people don't like on Orient, so whatever. Um, reference, it's a RKAT0106E. It's a limited edition model from when the, the line was announced. And um, I'd say a Japan helped find it for me. It's not on his site, but I emailed him. And I'm just like, can you find us? And he's like, he's like fucking, yeah, dude, here's your PayPal invoice. I'll get it your way in three days. And sure mm. enough, <laughs> that shit got here fucking crazy quick um so i'm wearing that now but i think the the a lot of the orient watch wearing on my part has come from um i've always liked orient watches i think this really sparked with the orient christmas chrono Uh, i think that was like the first orient 
that you and I kind of started showing on TBWS that started like accruing um like a really cool like 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 niche following you know what I mean um uh-huh. the Orange Christmas Chrono and then obviously I got the Orange Star GMT after that that also you know started becoming like a pretty a pretty emblematic watch for TBWS and obviously this one start now I think it's I think the Orient thing is coming uh, kind of full force now just because I'm working on that uh, history of Orient uh, piece. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's right. <clears throat> so I'm working on a history of Orient watches piece, um, which also has to include a subsection on sort of the history of Seiko watches because Seiko Epson owns Orient Watch Co. now, or they officially owned it in 2017, which has led a lot of folks to say, oh, Seiko Watch owns Orient. The Orients are just shitty, shitty Seikos. Um, and I assume that's how all of you talk when you say that. You can send your your, ang- your you can send your angry letters. Uh, no, Seiko Watches does not own Orient. Seiko Watches does not own Seiko Epson. Seiko Holding Corporation owns Seiko Epson, but mm. Seiko Epson has nothing to do with Seiko Watches. It's yeah. like you could think of it like you think of it like a hotel. A hotel has let's just say in this example, a hotel has four different rooms in it. Those four rooms under the same roof could be occupied by four different tenants that have nothing to do with each other. So in essence, Seiko Watch Co. That like like Seiko Watches, Seiko Instruments, and Seiko Epson are staying in the same hotel, but they have nothing to do with each other. Mm. You know, um, so I think that's why I've had Orient a lot on the on the mind, just because I've been working on that um, piece, um, working pretty closely with the folks over at Orient Europe, who have been incredible. Um, did you see the email they sent with all those photos? Yeah, that was nuts. That was crazy, <laughs> you know. Uh, so it's a pretty cool piece. It's a pretty big piece. I think folks are going to get a, a kick out of them creating this really big timeline also, this big timeline for like Seiko and Orient Watch Co. and stuff like that. So I think because of that, it's just uh, uh, caused me to just, you know, every time I reach for a watch, I'm grabbing I'm grabbing one of my, one of my Orients. I think to mix things up, a few days ago, I wore uh, the Seiko Sumo. And yesterday, and I, I put a photo on the Instagram feed, yesterday I wore the Slava Medical, um, which is always a pleasure to wear. Uh, but the majority of my wrist time, yeah, has been on these Orients. Uh, yeah, I you can't know? get over how good that watch looks on that strap, by the way, still. still the, Slava, classic, the Slava Medical? Yeah, classic combo. Perfect. It's <clears> literally <throat> like like so many of us, I think, chase the perfect watch strap combo. And I can yeah. I confidently say I have cheated it not just with a really cool watch, but with my Grail watch. In the yeah. Slava Medical, being on that custom suede strap I got from EA uh, Leather Goods, good friend of the show, EA Leather Goods. Um, check out his feed on Instagram. Really, really cool stuff. Um, you know, shows you a lot of the process behind what goes into the straps and uh, that. Yeah, it's a suede. It's a suede strap that's black. It's two stitch style, and the two stitches are black, and so it just looks. It just looks fucking perfect on a Slava mm-hmm. Medical. You know. Man, so good. But yeah, but yeah, but, but I'm right now. I'm wearing the Orient Star, you know, um, a diver, and uh, have a couple new possible Orient Stars in uh, in contention for pickups this year. Wow, I'm trying to source. I'm not source. I'm trying to figure out the best way to get one of the original Orient Stars launched in 1951 when Orient became Orient. Um, because it wasn't it wasn't a, a, 
Orient wasn't Orient until 1951, but it did exist as like a uh, a watch shop slash clockmaker, like in mm-hmm. the early 1900s. But it didn't become Orient Watch Co. until after after uh, World War II and everything like that. And the, one of the first watches they did in 1951 was an Orient Star, um, or the first Orient Star. It has like a sub seconds hand. It's really really cool. Um, I'd love to find one of those. Nice. And there's a couple other things which I don't, I don't want to mention because people will then look for it and then I won't be able to get it. And then I'll just be in, <laughs> I'll just be in another situation like with the Slava Medical where it took me years to find it. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. <clears throat> apparently, people already, listen, apparently people listen to the show. <laughs> apparently people listen to the show. We've already ruined the Big Zero. We've, we've actually ruined the Raketa Big Zero. It's <laughs> uh, all you, man. I didn't. I felt really weird admitting it, but like recently, Greg Bedrosian and I were talking. He's like, he's like, yeah, man, you, you definitely ruined that watch. It's like, Fuck. <laughs> I think he's right. So, so I'm not gonna talk about it. So, well, yeah, but 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 we'll we'll see. Um, that's actually one of the interesting things we can talk about in the main topic: a life, a day in life two book watch knob. The fact that people actually listen to the show now, and I guess. There are ramifications for what we say on air. Because before there were. Yeah, let's see how many. Uh, I think. Uh, what is it? SoundCloud. So we have a total of 454,000 plays uh, in the history of TBWS on nice. SoundCloud. I'm not sure if it's pulling um, Spotify and all those other platforms. But. Um, yeah, it's almost half a million plays. <laughs> we should have we should have like a party for when we hit half a million. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be it'll be soon. It'll be soon oh, for sure. Very soon. But yeah, but here, people let's... people listen to this show and uh, they're gonna they're gonna shop for the watches that you chat about. Motherfucker, man! <laughs> you, hope, you hear the church bells? I hear the church bells. Is it? Does that mean it's time for the main topic? <laughs> it's time for the main. <laughs> I mean, it can be. We can do that. We can we can track the time elapsed in the show, and we can use the church bells as our as our like flashing red light. Like, oh fuck, we better get to the main topic. The church bells. Well, it are seems like it's in. noon. It's exactly noon for you because it's, it's nine a.m. right now. Yeah, it's noon over here. Folks yeah. are folks are getting out of church in their hot pants. It's not very Christ-like. Athleisure, dude. It's a huge thing. <sighs> Yeah, I'm telling you, man. But let's do this. Let's get to the main topic. So, a day in the life of two book watch knob. Our our process for running TBWS has really evolved a lot recently over the past two or three years, however long we've been doing this. But what I think has been interesting, and I think this is indicative of a lot of uh, operations that are kind of bootstrapping their own shit or uh, who are very still very young, a lot of the measures that have changed have very much been, I think, like reactionary. You know mm. what I mean? Um, we improved our photos after they were bad for a long time. We're like, okay, okay, we've been, you know, we have a website, we have this, we should probably start trying to work on photos. Um, yeah. You know, so same with like the, our recording process, you know, before, or at least on my end, my recording process has improved. I used to record our show on my couch in a reclined position with my phone on my chest, like eating 
You know what I mean? Like eating cr- like just crunchy crackers and like raw popcorn kernels. And <laughs> like Michael an iPhone had this. 4. <laughs> it was like an iPhone four. It was all crusty and shit. You know what I mean? It had like road rash, and I'm just like, yeah, it's cash and two book watch snobs. You like watches? Like that's how the show was recorded. Um, now I have a microphone. I have a, a microphone stand and a pop filter. A pop pop filter i'm seeing if my pop filter is working right now um you know what i mean so the show's definitely uh evolved they, they don't a lot. these pop filters don't work that well i, I run a i run a compressor pretty hard <laughs> we should really? probably up, upgrade these. should we up our pop filter game <laughs> oh dude there's so there's so much we can do better um on the recording end dude we're we're running usb microphones yeah dude we're not, we're not running preamps or anything like that people we're not like this <laughs> With like true audio interfaces and just uh, also just to paint a picture for folks, I'm not using a recording like software program. I'm using the voice memo app on my on my laptop. <laughs> it comes with record. like Windows 10. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's the Windows 10 voice recorder app. You can I, you you too can be a two bow knob if you have <laughs> this forty dollar microphone and your free Windows voice recorder. <laughs> yeah, man, you're on a budget, I, Michael. And I'm running GarageBand, uh, I don't know what version, whichever version came with a MacBook Pro in 2000 and Version, uh, version Abacus, right? It's the ver- no, version 2011. Abacus. Version, version Abacus. Yeah, whichever version came with a MacBook Pro in 2011. <laughs> 2011, sorry. Fucking hell. But here, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's do this. What topic should we talk about first? We already kind of talked about recording, but in terms of like topics we mentioned, we can talk about photography. Uh, social media aspect, site editorial stuff, um, you know, uh, topic ideation for the show. I feel like sometimes we don't, I don't think people understand really how frenetic and chaotic, but still oddly relaxed Mm -hmm. the topic ideation process is for uh, the podcast episodes. But what should we do first? Should we do, should we do photography? Yeah, we we can start with photos. I think you've, you recently, um... You jumped on the uh, on the story segments, and you you were asking some photography questions recently, um, yep. and it just got me to think of the ways that we've changed stuff. This <laughs> doesn't necessarily have to be a gear discussion, but um, it can also remember... encompass like the process of like waking up and thinking to yourself like, "Fuck, what are we gonna put on the Instagram today?" Because it's almost you... like a ritual at this point. Oh, definitely. Do you yeah. remember the first? photo you ever put po- i remember the first photo i posted to the two book watch stops instagram feed do you remember the first uh photo that you ever posted mm, no i think it was was it the mako i mean it might have been i don't know i do not the f- remember the first all. photo i ever posted um it was my seiko snk yeah uh i posted it while i was um still working in an office i stepped out of the office and I had my phone, the same phone I recorded the, our, our podcast tra- tracks on, like a crusty, crusty-ass frame, frame iPhone. phone, dude. <laughs> I still have it, like, in a drawer somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere, you know? And um, and uh, it was Seiko SNK. I was wearing, like, dress pants and, like, a stupid blue button-down shirt that we all wear in an office for some fucking reason. And um, I just snapped the photo and, like, I posted it online. I forgot what the caption was. It was something dumb. But that process is so fucking different from what I do or kind of do now, or at least what's evolved the most, I think, with my photographic process is how well I've been able to discern 
appropriate settings, like lighting and shit like that for a photo, and mm-hmm. inappropriate settings. You know what I mean? Where yeah. photos that I thought were really cool, like a year or two ago that I shot, I see them now. I'm like, what the fuck was I on? Like, what? Like, I'm embarrassed that I posted this photo. But what I've noticed is the composition has been pretty congruent throughout all my photos. Like, the, the actual, like, what I put in the photos, the angles of the watches. I've done some experimentation, but the overall co- like concept of my of my my, my, my my composition has been pretty straightforward. It's just the quality, like lighting, focus, that type of stuff. And that's one of those things that I would not have been able to improve on without the passage of like, time, you yeah. know? <clears throat> so I'm still shooting with natural light. Which is cool because I find nothing really gets across a really fine sense of just kind of like organic, dynamic lighting more than just the fucking sun. You know Mm. what I mean? Um, But dude, it's so fucking tough because if it's cloudy or rather too cloudy, because some clouds are nice because some clouds will diffuse the sun. So it's not just this harsh beam of light on the watch. But sometimes it's too sunny. Sometimes it's not sunny enough. Um, sometimes something will happen and I won't be able to catch the sun at the right time because as Michael and I reiterated, we have actual jobs and I'll have to, you know what I mean? So like the ideal time for me is somewhere between like 10 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Yeah. Which is like prime. I just got to work. I have to answer all these emails. Like hour, you know? So the question that you're talking about that I asked on the, on the Instagram feed, um, I'm trying to create a more appropriate controlled lighting setting. So I was just asking about um, lights. And so I used to have an LED panel. I bought a super cheap LED panel from Amazon and I fucking hated it. Dude, it sucked so bad. Same here. Right? Everything looked fucking like purple. I had these weird LED like haze dots in some of the photos. Like using that dumb panel caused more work for me. Um, then the whole idea of using it to like, oh, it's just, I'll just snap the photo and blah, blah, blah. And, um, so I, I posed the question and I got a lot of really great responses. The general consensus that I have gotten is basically you get what you pay for. Yeah. So by the, by the way, I found the first photo that I ever posted on our feed. What was it? It's the Vostok that you gave me. Oh my God. Yeah, so the one two, uh, the one two zero case with the scuba dude. Oh, no, yep. no, the, the 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 vintage one. The vintage one, yeah. Wow, there you the go. The caption is Vostok for today. Nice patina and a super chunky crystal. How cool is that? What's what's the caption for mine? Seiko SNK on ostrich leather. That's not stupid. You're just telling it like it is. Just telling it like it is. I was so yeah. scared. For me, also, like you have like a, a three hour head start um every day so so a lot of times you'll get a photo up and then if if i don't see a photo up on the feed i'm just like fuck like he's probably super busy so (laughs) let me see if i can if i can put something together but um you work from home every day i work from home uh maybe most days but some i do have some weeks where i'm you know going in most of the time uh, and I don't have a car, so mm. I take buses everywhere. <laughs> Sometimes two. Uh, so I'm I'm usually I'm usually spread out between downtown Seattle or um, or Bellevue, 
the work shuttle cases. the work shuttle with the red bull mini fridge doesn't pick you up no it does not fuckers <laughs> i can't ride that one uh i can ride the ones that go between you know campuses but uh yeah that's that's a different story altogether um, so that, that does take a huge chunk of my day and i just i don't know what it is i'm also noticing that there was a point where we would spend so much time putting one photo together for instagram and like i don't know about you but for me it was like whipping out the tripod setting yeah. up reflectors and things like that and you get like four likes and zero engagement heartbreaking (laughs) god i still spend i on a legitimately i spend anywhere between an hour and two hours for an instagram photo still because (sighs) i gotta set up my tripod i gotta find the lighting i gotta get the right angles in the watch and then i gotta get go over to lightroom so i'm i'm very meticulous with post-processing i think this is where you and i kind of differ very strongly you don't post-process as much as i do no and so when i say post-process my goal there is not necessarily to some people when they approach post-processing they try and like make the watch not look like what the fuck it looks like when i post-process i try and bring out the specific qualities unique to that watch so that'll be me making sure my whites are are white making sure you know uh my shadows don't have like a fucking random blue tint because of my stupid windows you know what i mean like when i post process i'll do i'll do that like i'll go in and i'll clean up little dots little pieces of dusts um that i missed and everything like that i think my favorite piece of watch photography advice uh, and then made me this it made me feel okay for being a little insane when I post processes. I was talking to um John over from Brew Watches. Brew Watches, great friend of the show. John's always been John's been kind to us since since before we were even like really do it. Like single digits, man. He's always so yeah. great. Um I I was talking to him and I'm like, hey man, I'm getting more into photography with watches, you know. And I I I I I I, I asked him about a photo. I'm like, dude, how did you get your white balance? so perfect how did you get all the colors so perfect in this photo and basically he told me if there isn't a color he wants in the photo he takes it out or if Mm -hmm. there's a color that's not supposed to be there he takes it out so if you take a photo and you're like oh my photo looks kind of like weirdly yellow fucking take out the yellows yeah if it's like oh it looks weirdly purple because of the way the light's bouncing fucking take out the purples dude you know, like that for me was hugely, and so like that's why like I spend so much time. So you spend so much time, and then yeah, like I said, like four people like it. It's like her, great, great photo. It's like fuck, thank well, you. But can I get more people saying that? <laughs> well, the irony, and also the irony is that we started with the cell phone shots, and mm-hmm. we did that. We did that for so long, and then we yeah. got super meticulous. Now I think we're kind of like making things a little bit more raw like maybe sloppy in some cases not necessarily super clean looking 100 percent of the time but for me i just want to perfect that cell phone shot because i think in 2020 uh, there are probably a ton of really good editing platforms and applications for mobile that i don't know about because we i can, see we can I use see some people we can use lightroom on our phones oh yeah that's, uh, yeah i gotta i gotta give that a try because you know i i think i a recent photo that i took was of the sarb uh 035 on leather and just looking at the uh performance of that post uh 
And remember, I I was running to catch a bus. <laughs> and then I saw that it was like further away than I thought it was. So I kind of just like quickly stopped and I took a I took a wrist shot with my phone and I just threw yeah. it up. I I edited I did some editing on like the native Samsung photo app and then maybe some other stuff with Instagram. Yeah. And I just tossed it up there and it was, you know, people loved it. So Yeah. Um at well, least for me, perfecting the the cell phone shot. That's, that's it's really funny because for me, the amount of the level of attention to detail I put into the photos, it's to make myself feel good. When yeah. people are looking at these things <laughs> on Instagram, they'll see it for a second. Maybe you do like a huh, and then hit like, or just fucking <laughs> keep on keep on swiping. You know yeah. what I mean? Like like I'll to, I'll I'll bubble bubble toil and trouble for two fucking hours for a huh, and like a and like a swipe. <laughs> That's it, you know. So the level of effort that I put into it is not appropriate for Instagram. Like I yeah. should be doing that, and I do do that, obviously, for like when we do reviews and stuff, because that's more. Um, people are usually more inclined to spend a bit more time. They're reading. They're maybe inspecting photos, that kind of stuff, yeah. and everything like that. But on Instagram, I do agree. I should find the balance between perfectionism and then just fucking just getting a photo out there, man. You know. And mind you, if we're if we're looking at this within the context of day in the life, these are all just like, I know that you're overthinking this, you know, throughout your day, and I'm doing the same thing. It's barely it's barely noon at this point. Us talking about Instagram photos, it's barely fucking noon. <laughs> we're just like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> I like, I wake up, I wake up most days at like at four thirty in the morning, because mm. um, my like my wife and I we go to the gym and stuff. And like I come back like super exhausted and some days I'll have to shower and get ready to, you know, take an hour bus ride, dude. And and, like photos are like the last thing on my mind, unless unless I figure out a really good process for doing it on that go, like kind of on the go, like the Sarb shot. And it works. Yeah, it totally it totally works. You know, what's funny. Um. The prime, uh, traditionally, the prime time that we should be posting a photo on Instagram is approximately 11.45 Eastern or Mm. close to noon Eastern because that's the ideal apex between people waking up and going to work at 9 a.m. on the West Coast and people going to lunch on Mm. the East Coast. So they're either on public transit or they're fucking, they're just sat down in their offices and they're like, I don't want to fucking work. I'm just going on my phone. Or they're taking, or or, or they're doing like, um, they're, they're hiding in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Remember hiding in the bathroom? Do you still do that? Hiding in the bathroom. Look, look at all you guys getting a social media strategy consultation right now. <laughs> we should be charging for this, Kaz. Should be charging. Oh, I know. <laughs> but, for, but, but, but for us traditionally, that's been like the perfect time to post. The difficulty, and we can kind of shift a bit from photography, talking about social social media specifically, is that um, we're always fighting with the um, uh, the process that Instagram uses to show people stuff on their on their feeds, on their home feed. You know what I mean? Because um, yeah, everything we, changed. Everything changed after breaking 10k followers. Yeah, so we have a At business least, account. I don't know if it was the timing of the recent you know, platform changes or they do something to business accounts that break that threshold or maybe a combination of both. But I feel like that was the turning point where we saw like something happening to our, our reach and our engagement. 
Dude, my 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 Mel Gibson Julia Roberts conspiracy theory is that as a business account, I don't know if you guys saw the movie. That's a great fucking movie. Um, really good. Uh, my my, well, it's just really cool because you see Mel Gibson, who's traditionally like a tough guy, playing this like 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 paranoid, like dweebed out conspiracy. It's, okay, I'm getting very distracted. Patrick Stewart. <laughs> um, I'm getting very distracted. <clears throat> What's that? As a we're a business account, which basically means we uh, get like analytics and like traffic numbers for our post, and we also have like the option of putting like an email button in our uh, fucking um, profile page. We don't we don't pay to be a business account. However, as a business account, Instagram knows that we are the ones it wants to buy, uh, like ad space. So you know when you're on Instagram and you're scrolling through. And like it'll be watch photos, and you'll see a random like sponsored post for like a protein shake shaker cup. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you showing me a protein shake shaker cup ad for? I want watches. You know what I mean? <laughs> Google wants us. Google wants us as a business account over ten thousand uh, followers to buy ads, and so to incentivize us to buy ads, it doesn't show our posts to our followers. We right now at the time of this recording have approximately 12,300 followers on Instagram. Every time we post, only about 2 or 3,000 of our followers actually see what we post. Isn't that Lame-o. fucking insane? That's Lame-o. crazy, dude. <clears throat> like these people have followed us because they like two book watch knobs. They want to see the fucking hilarious. They want to see me post pictures of my cats with Seiko's hashtag Seiko Catterday. You know what I mean? Um, but a fifth of the people that follow us only get to see the stuff that we post. And that's fucked up to you guys. Like whatever to us. Who gives a shit about us? It doesn't really matter. But you guys have made the choice to follow us. And Instagram's like, yeah, that's great. We're going to ignore that. And we're going try and, <laughs> to try and strong arm the TBWS kids into buying ads and we tried. We tried buying ads once. It does not fucking work. Yeah, the value just isn't really there. When I we think. bought it, when we no, when we bought an ad, the only people that actually saw our sponsored spot were other businesses that bought sponsored spots, and like random local businesses here to me in in Orlando. It's kind of like it's kind uh. of like. Um, it's kind of like you remember. Do you remember back in the day, old AOL like like chat rooms where like guys would go to meet chicks. It's like oh yeah, like like hot connections AOL chat rooms, and like dudes go in there with the expectation of talking to hot chicks. It's just thirty dudes in the room asking where all the chicks are. <laughs> that was a very extended conceit, but do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I do. Yes. It's just thirty dudes. Like, hey, where the fuck the chicks at? ASL guys, come on, ladies. <laughs> ASL. You know what I mean? It's like that's what it felt like buying an ad. It's just thirty wieners pointing at each other, saying, "Where are the chicks?" You know. <laughs> or so I'm told. I mean, or so I'm told. Or so, I'm told. <laughs> or so I read. Uh, well, that leads on... me to wonder. Also, the strategy since day one has always been like super instagram heavy because because of the nature of the content and just how how instagram is for this audience specifically and this hobby um we also have a face so we have a facebook and a facebook group um ignore the facebook we have a facebook group yeah but we have like a regular facebook account as well right we do i had to create one in order to create the facebook group yeah so like that leads me to wonder and this this goes into like potentially 
a whole other team in some cases if, if we're looking at different organizations but running just a social media ecosystem holistically like facebook twitter and instagram and what would the value like we don't even have a twitter uh and i don't even no. know what the value is for tbws or or even people that do watch stuff in general i don't think there's any value in us what the fuck would we say what would we do on twitter I think people, I think people that run websites like like ours just post like either cross post the same thing or if something goes up on on editorial, they they you know they promote it on Twitter like just the same link to a different. It's just another you know channel that people can access the site through. Yeah, yeah. So I just I I've I've always thought about it, um, you know, so much of my day job like focuses on on that kind of strategy and just you know for a very different industry but um always wondering if if twitter is important i love the facebook group um our facebook group's fucking incredible everyone in there is so nice um obviously there are like regular instances where sometimes the mods have to step in because someone says something that someone doesn't agree with that's just fucking reality but overall it's a really cool group everyone in there is it's like it's also a really good source of information like i see people asking questions all the time and people are like they have really thoughtful answers it's really really cool do you see that one dude that one dude Mm -hmm. that like he he was talking about a watch that his his uh dad wore like he remembered his, his his dad wearing when he was younger and like he had passed recently and then another member like stepped in and like sent sent the guy like an ebay listing of the exact watch that he described so now he gets to like Oh my now god! No, I didn't that see watch that. That, that is that his father had. Yeah, is that's kind of crazy. Wild. So that, that 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 was kind of a cool community moment. And I wanna I wanna take this moment to do a huge <laughs> shout out to our Facebook moderators who really make that Facebook group possible. Three three fine folk: um, it's Greg Wood, Skip Rose, Ben Newcomb. Um, sorry if I've mispronounced any of your names. But, um, but yeah, those are three moderators in TBWS Facebook group. They make all this stuff possible. You know they. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have the Facebook group. So huge yeah. kudos. If you're on there, thank them. If you ever see them, I mean, I guess if you just, I'd be really unlikely that you would see them. But if you ever high five just, just them, high five them, just, <laughs> just high five them and just go about your day. Don't bother them. Send them you know. a Facebook wave. <laughs> so yeah, the social media thing has been, has been pretty tough after we hit the 10,000 followers thing. So if you, there is, there is a way for you to essentially turn on like notifications to receive like a little like notice on your Instagram account when TBWS does post uh, something. If you go to our profile page and if you click like the three dots in our profile page and if you look for like settings or privacy or something like that you can turn on notifications for us but i've had a few people even say after turning that on they still don't get like a heads up when we post something mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying the plot it's an election year. <laughs> <laughs> things start to happen <laughs> so um, it, it, so that's that I, I i think we can kind of move away from social media a bit but just wanted to kind of put that out there if you follow us and you and you're just like hey the guys haven't posted in a while we probably have instagram's just not telling you man um all of all of this said all of this said the whole time in the background we're both feeling guilty because we haven't done anything with youtube 
because that shit is still <sighs> there. Yeah, the YouTube channel is there. The videos we have on there are fucking super cool. I want to do more because I've I've very much been the one that's been doing that because like I think it's easier for me to yeah. record on my phone um, than it is for for you right now. So I want to I want to do YouTube videos more because I think even though there's a bit more planning and prep that goes into it. It's a bit easier to do a video review than it is to do like a written editorial review. And the reality is we're getting to the point where our growth is forcing us to make choices of how we want to spend our time. It takes me longer to do a written review than it does to do a video review. So if I do a video review for one watch um, where base, where some circumstances might might require me to spend a bit more time on a watch with a written review, that helps me make the choice. Or that, in a perfect world, would help me make the choice. I'll do a video for watch number X, but I'll do a, a proper write-up for you know watch number uh, A or whatever the fuck. You Definitely. know what I mean? Yeah. So, I do agree. Um, I need to get on the uh, on the, um, the, the the YouTube channel more. Dude, a channel that I find really inspiring is I, the two channels I find really inspiring uh, recently is uh, Random Rob and Bruce Will Bruce Williams. Yeah, both cool. of those guys put out really good videos. Bruce Bruce Williams is a little bit more polished and and produced, but man, Random Random Rob just like cranks them out, and I think he's just like on an iPhone. Yeah, and, he's 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 created the the environment that i want to leverage to just make videos he's got he's got the shit set up on his phone on his little stand with his desk when it's time to record he probably pushes everything away from the center of the desk so there's like at least a clean spot it's not just full of like dunkin donuts receipts or whatever <laughs> and he fucking just hits where I'm, I'm describing my desk rob not yours mm. and then he just hits the <laughs> he just hits the record button and then boom he's in you know what I mean? As little fuss, you don't have to fumble with the condom wrapper or figure out like the lube the cat. You just hit the hit the button and then you're in. You know what I mean? No I bullshit. Miss, I miss Dunkin' Donuts, man. We don't have those here. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're on the West Coast. Wild, wild, wild. Although the last time you went to a Dunks here in Florida, you didn't have the best experience. That's because the Dunks by me sucks. You know, we gotta we, we gotta go back up to the Dunks motherland up up in fucking like Boston, dude. <laughs> Dunks is killer up in the Northeast. Yeah, you know. Hello, you have reached two broke coffee snobs where we dis- discuss indiscriminately different coffee chains uh, around the U.S. Uh, what other coffee chains are in there? No, okay, no, 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 fuck me, for, we're getting distracted. Um, <laughs> YouTube channel, Random Rob's awesome. Uh, check out Bruce Williams. Also, talk about social media. So yeah, basically. You can turn on notifications for us on social media. Also, if you're scrolling through, because I know some people do this also, when they're scrolling through, they'll just look at photos. They won't like like anything. It will actually help us out if you just hit the like button. And it will actually hurt us if you swing by and don't do anything. Exactly, because that sends the message to Instagram, oh, someone saw this post and they didn't like it. I'll factor that into how I treat this post in the future and I'll show it to less people. So if 200 people see the post, um, and if, the, if 200 people see the post and 200 of them at, like you know enjoyed it in themselves but didn't hit the like button, like if half of them hit the like button, Google doesn't see that as like and apathy. Google sees it as like and dislike. You know yeah. what I mean? So dislikes, which is essentially no action, uh, do hurt us. So um, is it Google yeah. or is it Facebook? I can't remember who owns Instagram. Facebook. 
It's a oh, social sure. media monopoly, dude. Yeah. Fuckers. You know? But here, let's do this. Do you want to talk about the website? Editorial? Editorial two book watch knobs? Constantly hanging above me like a sort of Democles? Just waiting to end my life? I'm always thinking about the fucking website and the, sh- the 15 fucking things that need to be up there, either shared by our incredible staff or contributors or something that I'm in the middle of writing. Do you the, feel the same way? Yeah, and the challenge comes mostly from starting as a podcast and then one day being mm. like, yeah, I guess we'll make a website. <laughs> where, where, you know, again, in 2020, if you think about any business really or any, you know, media outlet site whatever it's it's the site that comes first and stuff like social channels and podcasts are accessories to that you know yeah the the center of the show Very um, much so. and i think i think when we put the site together we did not realize like the immense challenge that it takes to uh in a healthy way publish the right amount of content <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Um, in a sense, we very much approached it, like you said, backwards. You know, yeah. It's like um, it's like we wanted to open a restaurant and we started serving fries first, and we're like, you know, we should probably do hamburgers and hot dogs too. Yeah. But like ten <laughs> years later, it's like you know, we, think we should probably get some hot dogs up in this bitch, right? right? Yeah. That's, but that's I, kind know, of how it seems. I, I I think I think it's been working. It's been working well recently. The just you know for me if again day in the life it's it's rough finding time um, yes yeah and also man. this is it's not the case for you anymore but i do like a lot of writing for my day job and then sometimes sometimes when it comes time to to write <laughs> for something that isn't your day job it's just like fuck i gotta do more writing <laughs> the last thing you want to do is yeah right yeah no i i, I for me it's time and turning on that part of my brain so and i'm sure this is the case for a lot of people so in our day jobs many of us we have to make like a shit ton of micro decisions and every single little decision does take its toll so if even if it's even if it's a decision like oh do i go with the green folder or the blue folder blah 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 that's a really dumb innocuous example but every little decision uh, it does add up. You can think of it like putting like a like coins in a jar. Even if, even if even if you only just fill that jar with pennies, eventually the jar fills up. Even though pennies are fucking meaningless at this point. Um, so at a certain point, when it's time for me to switch on my editorial brain and do two broke watch snob stuff, editorial by its very nature is comprised of fucking micro decisions. So the last fucking thing I want to do is debate the mer- debate the merits between a tesura and a semicolon. It's like fucking dude, I don't want to fucking look at words and squiggles anymore. I want to stare at the ground and wait for God to take me. Like I'm <laughs> done. I'm done doing stuff. And like that's it. So like you can imagine it this way: if you guys get out, you know, anywhere between, if you guys get out of work, anywhere between guys and gals, excuse excuse me, anywhere between five, six, or seven p.m., you get out of work and you'll probably veg out, or you'll go work out, or you'll do something routine or physical or mindless or something like that. Yeah, when I get out of work, I have to start another, I have to do more work. I have to do more decisions. Like the brain doesn't turn off. And I'm, the, I know it's the same for you. you know? And the lines the lines are blurred for us as well because you, you'll probably, you know, plop down in one spot at home and like spend X amount of hours working 
and then maybe plop down in the same spot and give yourself a break or have lunch. And mm. then when your work hours are, I guess, technically done, you might still be plopped out in the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I just feel- like, what like part of the day is it? Am I working? Am I not working? That's that's a huge challenge. Uh, I yeah, think dude, I feel like home. the night uh, uh, at the end of um, uh, fucking uh, <laughs> Last Crusade. Last Crusade. He's just like he's just been here for like nine hundred years. Like, oh my god, like your clothes are so strange. Like that's how I feel after a work day. I'm like, what year is it? You know what I mean? Walking out of a fucking board game like Jumanji. You know, crazy yeah. man. What year is it? Oh, fucking it's also kind of funny when you use that when you use some of the same platforms for your day job than you, that you do for uh, like TBWS. Like if we're I looking at open... you, Slack. We're looking at you. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'll I'll get like Slack messages, um, you know, like after like six p.m. Pacific. I'm like, who the fuck is messaging me from work? It's like I don't know. Fucking Greg going off about something. <laughs> telling you, man. Actually, this is actually a really, really, really good part. Um, I do want to give a shout out to all of our um, incredible TBWS contributors, our contribution staff. So we have been putting out really, really, really cool stuff on the uh, on the site um, really over the past you know, several months, I guess. Um, it's been a while now. Ever we, would since, not, I guess, we would not have been able to ramp up in the way that we did. I, we started seeing real diversity in the... Uh, in the types of the reviews that go up and the types of the photography yeah. and just the, the diversity of voice in general would not have been possible without like, I think of course, like starting with Greg, um, dude's I like have the Damon. list here. Yeah, go for it. So, 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 uh, uh, in no particular order, um, huge shout out to all of our TBS contributors. Uh, so shout out to Greg Bedrosian, who's technically our TBWS senior contributor. Um, you guys have seen him on live streams before. I think he's on a couple now. Uh, he was also our main correspondent uh, at Last NYC Windup. Um, he's got a lot of really cool pieces on the sites. Uh, in addition to that, huge shout out to Baird, Baird Brown, Mark Stignorelli, Mike Razak, Jason Tricoli, my cat's here, uh, Damon Bailey, um, aggressive timing habits who specifically requested that I call him the junior contributor god damn it um, and <laughs> god, god, god damn it aggressive timing habits and uh, and recently added um, really really cool uh, Henry I'm gonna fuck up your last name dude I should ask how to say this Henry Marganu Margano. And um, a shout out to, he's not uh, contributing now, but he contributed a bunch of pieces in the past since they're still on the site and the door is always open for him. But uh, Andrew Gatto uh, as well, definitely got to do a shout out for him. Um, He's no longer uh, contributing right now, but yeah, huge shout out to you guys. Also, you know, (sighs) taking a look at the site every single day and just like, looking to see if there's something wrong with the platform or if like a photo shifted in a weird way or if wordpress had a weird update when was the last time we heard from our it guy oh what was his name what was his fake name (laughs) (laughs) we made we made up uh michael and i made up an it person it was the fakest realest sounding brown name uh i could possibly think of wasn't it we got we gotta add him in there. We we gotta we gotta come up with that name again and just add him to the Twitter. I wrote it down. I wrote it down <laughs> on one of my one of my one of my notebooks. Uh I think that could attract uh, potential partners in the future. We'll see. Maybe potential partners. 
just Who's like uh, you know people that want to do stuff with us on the site. <clears throat> I love the spam emails we get because we the site gets a ton of traffic. So like maybe, we maybe we should shift a- to email. Hmm? That's that's a whole other side of the editorial. Yeah, email. That's yeah. all on me too. Not really. It's it's. It's me too, and I'm I'm really bad with with the email. So I I don't know about you. I have two work email accounts, so I have two two inboxes there. I have around I think I have two other personal inboxes, um, three different Slack channels, Microsoft Teams for both of those work accounts. So two Microsoft Teams accounts. Um, text messages, phone calls, everything making a shit ton of noise all day. DMs, DMs from Instagram, uh, on my account and our account and like keeping up with email is so hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty tough. Um, really do appreciate when folks do email us because like that's you guys loving the site or loving the show or loving both and wanting to to um, reach out so it's not that a lack of a response yeah. is a response it's that a lack of a response is us um just just you know getting through the, the you know emails that come in so we've um, been we keeping get, up way better recently by the way like we, I, we've been trying I, I think i think we've been we've been uh, consciously busting our ass um you know, and trying. So email along with editorial is one of those uh, ever-present looming guillotines throughout the day. Like in the quiet moments where my thoughts can have silence between them, that that a vacuum is created and it fills with either TBWS website or email. It's like, oh, fuck, that's right. I should probably, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, uh, so, but yeah, emails is pretty tough. Um, we do get a lot of junk email. Because yeah. as the site's been growing, it's like it's like, hello, dear sir or madam, I love your products. Uh, would you like to like buy? I love the I love the influencer emails, like from Instagram influencers. Dude, there was there was one recently, and it was clearly like spammy, and we ignored it like three times. Mm-hmm. And I think I just wrote back unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> like just, so- you wrote you wrote out the word unsubscribe. unsubscribe. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I love it. It's just like it's like, hello, sir, madam. I am Rajij. I would like to sponsor your product on my Instagram page. Take a look, and like the Instagram page is them like lacing up like boots or like fixing their sunglasses. Yeah, or you know what I mean. It's just like it's like, ugh, fucking die, dude. Just like, god damn it, like, ugh. yeah. We we get a ton of those contacts, and then a brand will never reach out to us to tell us that something is coming out. Even though we've asked yeah, and have talked contact, in the past. <laughs> brand contact. So I want to talk a bit more about the website editorial and sort of the realities of us uh, communicating with brands. I think folks can underestimate or don't necessarily realize sometimes how not necessarily bad some of these brands are at keeping in contact, but how little as shit they give about us yeah well, that makes sense yeah and, and something that i didn't really discover until or think about until um like writing watch reviews or articles and things like that um a lot of the swiss brands and we're talking about like big big like 
houses like Tissot, for example, or mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, maybe Oris or something. Not not Oris actually. So a, a lot of the larger Swiss brands, if they're if they're putting out PR in the states, you're not getting it directly from the brand. You're getting it from a contracted PR agency. Yeah, so, like a marketing firm or a PR vendor, some bullshit. Yeah. yeah, things can be super untimely or disjointed, or information can be really complete, like incomplete. Um, it just adds like an additional unnecessary layer of frustration, but it's just it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when we do make those brand contacts that are uh, more direct, like somebody that works for the brand. It can be it can be like super fruitful when they're consistent in in their comms, um, but also very discouraging when you know it turns into radio silence, <laughs> <laughs> which creates the difficulty of like um, always trying to figure out what to talk about on the on the site. You know, it's great like the like I said, I think like I mentioned before, we would not have been able to be what we are without the contributors because everyone there has got like ideas or stuff that they can review and stuff like that, you know? So, yeah, you know, what's interesting. I think people are probably curious about specifically talking about watch reviews. How does it not become redundant when you do a watch? Cause have you ever reached the point where you're like, okay, I got to review this watch. Uh, it's a fucking, it tells time. Yep. Like every other fucking watch, uh, it's got hands or it doesn't. Some watches don't have oh, yeah, hands. I, I got there eight months ago, man. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> uh, I think I think folks are kind of always curious about like how the fuck does it like not become redundant? It definitely does. I think the way that I I don't know what your techniques are, but the way that I try and kind of circumvent uh, a watch review just being a dispassionate listing of elements on a watch is uh, I try and create a story around it, mm-hmm. or I try and inject a review within a narrative, you know, um, yeah. the story behind why I got the watch or what attracted me to want to review this watch, or maybe something unrelated to watches that happened around me reviewing this watch, or uh, I think the really big one, and this is what like a lot of big watch blogs will do when um, like they'll do like a paid review, is they'll build they'll, like a journey or a trip around a watch it's like yeah. oh i happen to be going to sicily and decided to take my blah 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 it's like yeah no he's not he didn't happen to be like, he got that motherfucker got paid to go to sicily all right you mean you can't afford to send me to like i don't know <laughs> hawaii i'll send you to this. fucking i'll send you to fucking bulgaria with a slava if you want i can probably <laughs> afford that I, I, I just you know? I really I really want to review this new Arnie, but I can't I just can't get the story behind it. <laughs> Here, listen to this. I'll, I need I'll send to be you to fucking, paradise, Cass. I'll, I'll send you to Flint, Michigan with a Casio. How about that? Do you think we can afford that? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's man. that's not a slight to Flint. If anyone if anyone hears from around Flint, it's just a, it's a potentially topical joke. Um, but yeah, no. So I, I, I think that is the way a lot of like larger brands can kind of get around that. Like a lot of the reviews or a lot of the write ups, they will be. Um, we, we, we don't charge. We don't charge money for review, reviews or anything like that. Um, yeah. But like other big brands, when they do like, and it's like, oh, you know, I was going on vacation to uh, to Japan and happened to bring my blah blah blah, or like I thought a great travel companion would be blah, my blah blah blah. Watch reviewers and watch bloggers aren't as man of the worldy. As I think they would want you to <laughs> want you to think, you know what I mean? 
Is that a fair assessment? Or do you think it's just us? <clears throat> uh, it's it's a fair assessment for most. Um, That's fair. But yeah, it, it it can it can be difficult to to review watches within the same context every single time. I mean, yeah. visually, just on the surface, we I think we focus on a very specific type of watch. Um, you know, just if you consider the general nature of the price range that we that we talk about most of the time, um, I'm sure if we if if a charming bird like product sample makes it across your desk, like th- that's by the way that's a phrase that I absolutely hate. You know, this this across this came, your desk this came across my desk <laughs> if, like if a, a charming... surreptitious like a surreptitious sparrow just opened a window and it just came it just landed on my fucking desk. But yeah, yeah listen, Turbion, Turbion Boutique, if you want to send me a charming bird, I'm not going to say no. Yeah, right. I, and I'm sure, I'm sure you'd have some stuff to write about, even if you were, like, in your in your boxers and socks, like, just... <laughs> it's actually just a really funny fun. point. Maybe that's one of the other ways watch bloggers can kind of get around the monotony around watch reviews. Like, it becomes a drug where what you review has to be more outrageous than what you reviewed pre- previously. You know what I'm saying? That just Possibly. occurred to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's also, um, you know, one of the variables, you know, in play uh, with us also reviewing some things that are more expensive at the time. Because I, ha- I have, I have like an SKX here next to a Speedmaster. Yeah, and although they're very different in price, visually and on the surface, most of the stuff that I would talk about in a review is still pretty much the same. Yeah. Well, with TBWS, I mean, I know the name implies price as a driving factor, but I think a driving factor has always been like authenticity in regards to your what you really value in 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 watch collecting. I think the two book watch noms thing was very much against the idea of you can only be a watch enthusiast or you can only have a proper watch collection if you spend more and more money. It's like, that's mm-hmm. not, yeah, that's not the case. You know, money, money is not a factor. You, you know, you and your own taste are the factor, not what, what you think other people, you know, should be, what, what, what other people think your collection should be like. And so that said, whenever I, whenever I do review something, I try and I, I want it to be something that's interesting. Maybe something that people may not not necessarily seen, like um, the thing you'll be seeing from me recently or soon, hopefully soon, is um, that Limez review from Archimedes. You know, yeah, um, that's a fucking watch brand. I don't see anyone talking about. You know, that's um, true. And it's a really really cool watch. So like, I think it needs to have some kind of interest factor, like a quirk factor or like an X factor. And something that you wouldn't necessarily see anywhere else, which is also probably one of the reasons why we're fucking, or I'm, I'm fucking focusing so much on on Orient watches, um, you know. So I think for us and how we approach editorial, that's definitely one of the things. And um, yeah, and when our and when our wives walk into the living room and see us sitting on the floor, staring at the wall and mumbling, this is all the stuff that is going through our heads. <laughs> the full the full John Nash. We're writing on the walls. We're digging microchips out of our arms. We're going crazy, man. We're talking to Paul Bettany. It's going we're going full insane. Okay. Digging microchips out of our arms. This is why Seiko isn't writing to me. This is why <laughs> I don't have my chip. Kiss you kiss that Seiko money goodbye, man. I ain't got no microchip 
I'll just dig it out of my cat and then I'll just <laughs> shove it in my arm. The cat, the cats have chips. The cats are good enough for chips. I want a chip. Oh you gosh, telling you, man, slippery slope, dude. What you else? Know? What else? Kind of like, I don't know. If you if you think about when you wake up and when you go to sleep, what what else kind of comes into play? Why not? Talk about social media. We talked about um, social media. Talked about the website. Talked about photography. I think the other factor, and it's one that a lot of watch kind of content places won't be as open about, and it's something that we want to be more open about. We didn't talk about this in pre-talk, so I'm probably we probably should have done that. But um, you know, revenue. Like I was how, I was just thinking about I, I love how the last topic the thing that we left for the very end is monetization <laughs> is the thing that we should probably be focusing on. <laughs> That's, more that's why when people then people are like, "Wait, you don't you don't do this for work?" Like, no, no, definitely, definitely not. This, I guess we're I have doing a, something wrong. <laughs> yeah, we're doing something wrong. Um, monetization at two book wash ups has always been difficult. Not difficult. We've made it difficult for ourselves. We made yeah. the choice to run a marathon, but before doing that, we shot both of our, both of ourselves in the foot. Like we literally put like a gun up to our foot and like, okay, now it's time to run. Because <laughs> no, really, I mean, because the thing is. When a lot of people do these types of things, it's, um, and I'm not going to name names, it's very clear they're trying to create a product that they could then align themselves with for like brand partnerships or like, um, like, like, uh, or, or turning into like an e-commerce site and that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Um, uh, which is becoming like, like the new thing to do with your watch journalism outlet, which is a whole fucking other episode. Yeah. <clears throat> a shout out to Patrick Kansa again, or Kansa, I'm sorry for saying your name wrong, bro, over at Wristwatch Review did a really good write-up on that actually, about monetization within watch blogs and everything like that. But I think it was always interesting for us because we didn't we didn't ever want to charge for uh, reviews. We didn't ever want to sell watches, you know what I mean? We only really wanted to cover watches write about stuff that we wanted to read about that we know other people would enjoy do the podcast but do it in a way where any revenue or monetization choices we made didn't compromise why we started doing this thing i don't ever want to make a money choice that will compromise that first conversation you and i ever had Mm -hmm. about how there are no good watch podcasts out there and we should start a watch podcast and we should call it two broke watch knobs and then we did it you know what yeah. i mean yeah. like that mindset i don't want a money decision to 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 go against that that moment the selling the selling watches thing is like it's bananas dude i i mean i i started to see it happen uh, like a couple years ago but i never thought that it would cascade to like like let's consider let's consider the biggest handful of of websites and this is this is not like dissing them or anything but it just became a very regular kind of accepted thing mm-hmm. and like that's fine i like i love the idea of making money but i just i never th- I, I never thought i'd see it so normalized like like selling watches and and some again some people have asked me like have you guys thought about selling watches and like no. <laughs> here's the here's the problem. In an online format, if you have an online journalism outlet or an online blog, 
selling watches in terms of an, an online user experience is incredibly fucking logical because a user on a website is thinking like a digital user. Yeah. So that's um, curious about a watch. I Google the watch, you know, Hamilton khaki review or Hamilton khaki quality. Uh, I get to a website where they write a review about the watch. And then at the end of the review, it says buy, you know, buy this watch now. And you click yeah. the link and it takes you to a shop.subdomain on that website. And you could buy the watch without ever actually leaving the environment in which you learned about the watch. As an online experience and as an online user, that's the perfect experience. The problem comes when you think of it in regards to journalistic sort of integrity. It is a bit difficult to write an objective review about a watch you're also trying to sell. Yeah. Wouldn't reason dictate if I'm trying to sell you something, I would tell you it's the best fucking thing in the world. I guess I guess that's the the delineation between a hobbyist site. I, I would I would probably categorize our site at this point as a hobbyist site, you know, not really monetized or anything like that you know, compared to like a, a big time operation where you have a warehouse of individuals working. Um, and on, you know, compound that situation that you just described with the fact that like the stock product watch like content that, that these, these brands produce, it's absolute trash. So you have these incredible content, <laughs> you have these incredible content producers on all these blogs that are shooting beautiful photography and video and writing this like, amazing review it, it turns into like like a product page on steroids essentially uh yeah. and really funnels folks into like yeah you like you said it, it makes perfect sense to to do that so just just to clarify we we do technically monetize the site um but with those um we have amazon affiliate links yeah on the site however we're always clear in what an amazon affiliate link is and Oh, we'd get in trouble. Like we, or or, or, or we get in trouble. I mean, yeah, Yeah. that's the that's just like that's like a legal thing. We have to tell you. So if you scroll to the bottom of our website, you'll see the copy, uh, like the writing there. It's it's an asterisk that says two broke. I'm gonna I'll read the whole fucking thing here for you. Two broke wash knobs is a participant in the Amazon Services LLC Associates program. As an Amazon associate, we are earning from qualifying purchases. TBWS is also part of the eBay Partner Network, where qualified links, blah blah blah. The eBay affiliate links never work. I mean, like this is—I I think we <laughs> barely use them, but for legal reasons, I had to put that there. Yeah. But we don't ever let that compromise if a review is good or bad. We have affiliate links on reviews that are good, and reviews for watches that you know I or one of our awesome contributors didn't like. Um, the Amazon affiliates thing is just there as a way. So if someone wanted to check it out because the thing is we don't earn money just if you buy that watch through amazon affiliate links you could click the amazon affiliate link look at the watch and then just do Do regular amazon shopping do your grocery shopping and then that would send like and like at no extra cost to you that would send that would drip a little bit of uh, like a finder's fee our way and that's one of the ways that we use pretty passively to just um Cover overhead, you know what I mean? Uh, a combination of the Amazon affiliate link stuff on the website and also the Patreon stuff. We have a Patreon page. That's, that's basically keeping the lights on. And it's also um, paying for us to do like big trips, you know. So we'll if we go and cover wind-up or, you know, this year we're planning the TBWS couch surfing tour. Um, three or four cities in the East Coast, three or four cities in the West Coast. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
you know that kind of stuff so yeah. but if we didn't have patreon and these amazon affiliate links you know we wouldn't be able to to do that stuff um and anytime where we do have actually we do have the sponsors segment in their own words um which there's only one of now um it's this thing we started doing where it's not really a watch review and we get brands asking us all the time if they can like the brands will basically a lot of them will be like hey i have this watch how much do you charge for a review which is like the fucking worst way to start a conversation yeah you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. dude there's so many <laughs> fucked up things about what you just said to me and so like usually in those cases like listen we don't charge for reviews um so there's a there's we're pretty strict what we review we don't charge for reviews we also really do our best to not review a prototype unless we have really good assurance that the prototype um, that we're reviewing is basically going to be exactly like 99.9% the same as production model. The one thing where we do have some leeway with prototypes versus uh, main production model is like the loom. Because when these uh, manufacturers prototype watches, they don't want to use good loom. Yeah. Because it's a fucking prototype. So like that's not a big deal. But like there's one watch particular. I'm not going to name the name. You know exactly what I'm talking about. They sent us a prototype. I busted my ass doing the review. <laughs> and it was a prototype for a Kickstarter watch. And the watch came out. It was fucking completely different from what I reviewed. And it's like, <laughs> dude, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you know exactly what watch I'm talking about. I do. I do. Yeah. Blacklist. TVWS <laughs> blacklist and it's growing our blacklist is way longer than our greatest <laughs> <laughs> you know so um uh, we don't review prototypes unless we have assurance it's going to be fine we don't uh charge for reviews we don't do the fucking i hate this i hate where brands are like um hey you know uh i have this i have this write-up uh that i'm sharing can you share it on your site and it's like it's like the same three or four paragraphs then they've just shared it with like a bunch of other watch websites and everyone just like repost the same like three or four paragraphs. It's just like, dude, like, 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 no. So usually when people do that, we'll be like, hey, we don't charge for reviews. These are our criteria. Um, we don't think you're really appropriate for a watch review right now, but we just started doing this um, uh, paid sponsorship spot on two work watch now. It's called In Their Own Words. In Their Own Words is essentially... Um, it's your chance to tell your fucking brand story or to highlight a specific model, but very clearly, it's very clearly painted out that it's a, what do I call it here? Uh, I call it a paid partnership. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but just to clarify, because the, 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 the kind of prereqs for this are really, really rigorous, we're not doing a lot of these things. We have one up right now. I'm working on another one or two more in post-processing on, on they're, my they're end. Practically, they're practically invite-only at this point. It's <laughs> a good way of saying it. It's invite-only. It's yeah. not like an open door. Um, although I'm sure it would be real. I'm sure we would make a ton of money if it was like an open door. <laughs> open door is like, yeah, you're doing another wood watch? Fucking come on in, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> wood watches, Jesus. You're doing a watch out of whiskey barrels? Fucking sign me up. Come on in. Like I'm sure we would make a like a but that but again, that would go against those really interesting and poignant seconds where you and I were saying, All watch podcasts suck. We should do a watch podcast. We should call it two book watch knobs. Yeah, all of this, all you know? of this that we're just like constantly and very painfully thinking about day to day just spawned <sighs> after like hey let's hit record did you hit record yeah let's start talking 
My name's Cast. I'm Mike. We're the we're the two broke watch snobs. It's a half hour of that. If you listen to the first episode of Two Broke Watch Snobs and you stuck with us, you are a fucking saint. All right. If I listened to the first episode of Broke Watch Two Broke Watch Snobs, I probably wouldn't keep listening to us. But like these guys are lame. We'd probably get more like listeners if we just like delete the first ten episodes, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think we hit our we hit I I do believe we hit our stride in episode oh three or four. I was talking about my experience at Wind Up, my first oh, yeah. time going to Wind Up. I was I was all fucking hopped up on caffeine and hormones. I was talking a million miles a minute. Uh, that was the that was the orphan teeth joke. That was the that was the birth of the orphan teeth <laughs> spring bar tool joke. Pivotal, pivotal episode <laughs> in two broke watch snobs history, man. I think uh, we hit our stride. Yeah, that's a good that point. One, you know, um, but yeah. So, so what was I fucking talking? So, monetization is always something that I guess we're trying to f- not crack the nut on. Just do appropriately. Oh, we also have a Teespring store where you can buy a TBWS mug and a TBWS shirt. Um, but obviously you, if this is the first time you're hearing about it, we're really shitty at monetizing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we, the last time we mentioned that was like eight episodes forever. ago. It was forever ago. Dude. It was months ago when I first like put it up there and I first made it. And then, um, we sold some mugs. I love seeing when like people, um, I love people doing watch photos with the two book watch knobs mug. It's so cool. Maybe we're just bad marketers. Maybe we have to we have to be those guys that tell you to smash that subscribe button and hit the <laughs> notification bell. <laughs> Thumbs up. I don't want I don't want to have to do my hair and like do vocal exercises before we get online. You know what I mean? Sound professional and polished. Hey guys, Kaz here from Two Woke Wash Knobs. Super stoked to talk to you about the new Seiko release. The Seiko blah, 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 blah. Michael's got one on the wrist. I got one on the wrist. Just want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, Seiko Watches. I don't want to do that every episode. That would suck, dude. Smash that subscribe button. We'll see you next time. Guy Fieri here coming at you from Flavortown. Only we need once. to be the Guy I'll, Fieri. I'll only do that once. Do what? Once smash the subscribe button? <laughs> for for $100,000. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. Everyone's got their price. Exactly. Telling you, man. But yeah, no. So the 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 I want to I just, just again to highlight the the the, the ways in which we do make money. Just because I I want to be as fucking candid as we can about that. Amazon affiliate links uh, are a thing, but we don't have them structured in a way that would compromise our viewpoints. Like everything we do is objective on the site. Um, we don't use them as much as we should. Or as much as we can be, even. I don't want them to be spammy. Other websites that use them, like every fucking paragraph have a, has an Amazon affiliate link. <laughs> and the way they'll write it, it'll be so, it'll be like, oh, this is a review that I'm going to do on this hair dryer. And this hair dryer does this. And, uh, oh, it's a funny story. I was I was over at my friend uh, Tom's house last week. And he's got this uh, this set of tool wrenches, Amazon affiliate link. And I was telling him, <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? Like, they'll just go all over the fucking place. And they'll fucking stretch themselves like stretch Armstrong to get all these like random ass affiliate links in there. Um, the rule, the marketing rule of thumb for appropriate conversion rate on an affiliate link is four instances. You statistically want to give users up to four instances from the top of your post to the bottom of your post to click on your Amazon affiliate link. All right, we do not do that. That's yeah. fucking weird, dude. 
If anything, I'll do the very top or the bottom at the end with like the price. Yeah. You know, available for 200 bucks on Amazon. Link. That's it. <clears throat> um, so there's Amazon affiliate links. There's these in their own words, um, uh, like uh, paid sponsorship posts, which are like, they're really invite only. I think, I think you said it, we said it best. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, there's a Patreon, uh, as well, which we have, we, we have not been promoting the Patreon. Kind <laughs> to, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, speaking of Patreon, there actually are, if, if, if you love Two Broke Watch Knobs and you're hankering for more Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast content, there actually, there actually are Patreon-specific podcast episodes on our Patreon. Uh, they're free. You don't have to be a patron to listen, which I've been told is a dumb thing to do in terms of... <laughs> yes. I've, had people, I've had people be like, you guys should really monetize your Patreon episodes, you know, like charge people five bucks to listen to them. And it's like, why? <laughs> If I'm at work and I'm like, oh, I like the two book watch knobs. Oh, they have uh, Patreon episodes. Let me listen. Five bucks. I'm not paying that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can That's choose. Also just me. You, I'm can, an asshole. you can choose to pay after if you like those two. So we, we yeah, give, if you dig we it, give the choice. Yeah, yeah. If you dig it, awesome, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's Patreon, Amazon affiliate links. What's up? This has been fun. <clears throat> I know, I know. We should start. We should start rounding out. I'm looking at the time, Drew. I'm sorry. So, uh, 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 Amazon affiliate links, um, in their own words, invite only, paid partnerships, uh, Patreon. I guess that's 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 really it. You can PayPal yeah. us. You can PayPal us, Venmo us. We don't have a Venmo, do we? You mail mail me cash. <laughs> mail us your jar of pennies to call back. So we call a callback in the comedy business, Michael. Be careful, man. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a jar of pennies. I'm gonna get a box of bees and a jar of pennies. I'm <laughs> fucking pumped, man. All right, but this has been a lot of fun. Um, really hope you guys have just gotten interesting insight into just kind of the reality, I guess, of what it's like. Kind of what goes through our heads. Also, uh, it, that was I think something that was pretty important to get yeah. across, at least from my end. Like mentally, what the fuck goes through our heads. Um, for me, it's very difficult because I have big issues with compartmentalized thinking. If I'm doing one thing, I'm easily thinking about three other things and it's super stressful and it causes me like a fuck ton of anxiety. And so it's difficult sometimes for me to be able to actually like organize myself and like, and like do something. And so, you know, us being able to do two book watch knobs really, it only has been possible I think for two real three, I'm gonna say three reasons. Two book watch knobs has only survived, and this, and I promise, Michael, I'm done after this. Two book watch knobs has only survived because of this. Because Michael, you and I are in this together. I firmly believe that if I tried doing this by myself, um, it wouldn't have lasted. Because we have the great dynamic uh, back and forth where if you're feeling down, I'm good and I'm in it. Or if I'm feeling down, you're good and you're in it. So together we've been able to to make this work. Uh, the second part, our incredible TBWS staff. That's the contributors, everyone that contributes to the website. That's the folks moderating the Facebook page. We are only alive because of of you guys at this point. And the third most important factor is everyone listening to the show. If you like the show, if we've made you laugh, if we've made you learn about a cool thing within horology, or if we've kind of 
um, helped you be a more authentic and true to yourself collector, then that's awesome. Like we're super happy to consider you part of the TBWS family. You are a key component in keeping this motherfucker alive. You know what I mean? Um, I'll, I'll I'll end it there. I know I know we have to I know we have to close, but those are like the three things that <clears throat> popped out to me just now as to why we're still alive. No, yeah, I I, I agree, and I think all of those <laughs> those those three you know points that you mentioned. It was all unexpected. Again, like we, yeah, we, we didn't never, have a business we, plan. If that wasn't, <laughs> I, I think that's the headline. TBWS, there's no fucking business plan. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely been cool to see how it evolves. But um, yeah, I hope I hope that this has helped folks understand just what things look like in our heads day to day and how how TBWS uh, plays into everything else going on in our lives. Um, yeah. You might be hearing some, you know, different growth discussions and strategic discussions coming up about the site and the show. Uh, and again, I hope an episode like this helps give a little bit more context when um, you see those developments. Yeah, straight up. Um, is it that time? Should I, should, I, should, I, should, I, should I quickly sign us off? Yeah, that's yeah. We can we can cut it off here we ran so through here, photography so, site writing tons social of stuff. media monetization media. so here let's do this let us know your thoughts on this week's episode um you can let us know on the website tubowashnobs.com or on our instagram page or on the facebook group i know um i know the guys over there are pretty vigilant about getting the, the facebook post up in time with the episodes as well um let us know your thoughts on what we talked about if there's anything you'd like to know more about because obviously michael and i could not cover everything to the extent that we would want to have covered everything in an hour and a half so um let us know if there's an aspect you want us to talk about more if there's something that we haven't talked about which you're curious about um definitely down to kind of go about that uh, uh as well uh, uh you know also um what would you do what would you like to buy instead with fourteen thousand bucks <laughs> Instead of a speedmaster, um, I just I wrote that I wrote that down and it just made me it just made me laugh so much just seeing it written here. Um, huge shout out to everyone that's made this possible. You all know who you are. Uh, is it that time? Is it that sad time? It's that time. <sighs> okay, you can start it and I'll close this out. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike, and this is Kaz. You have been listening to Two Book Watch Knobs. Later. Later.